and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Ainsley Hooper, I am beside myself to have you as my guest for She's the Boss Chat. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Thank you for having me on. It's my absolute pleasure. So let's start with telling everyone how amazing you are. So tell people what you're doing now. What's your business now? Yep. So I own Ainsley Hooper Consulting. I'm an anthropologist uh, specialising in disability inclusion. I I have a disabled person myself and my business helps businesses uh, identify invisible barriers to uh, remove invisible barriers uh, to re- reduce the risk of ableism. So, does that mean so you're go- you're you're going into organisations and looking at how their customers or their staff are get, uh, find it easy to get access to things? Is yeah, that, is that yeah, basically. So, tell tell us a bit more mm-hmm, about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. So that um that's my approach. My approach is about so t- t- thinking about disability inclusion. It mean, means yeah. having pe- people with disabilities included in all aspects of of society. So yeah. <clears throat> uh, from my perspective, um, as, as a person with a disability, it's been about the consumer experience. For, um, for me, it was uh, I, no- I noticed when I started to use disability services, for example, that there were barriers yeah. that I was facing from just as a consumer. So what, that's what I... Can, can I hang on? Let me just stop mm. you for a sec. Can you give me an idea? Give everyone an idea of what sort of barriers you're talking okay. about. Is this... So yeah. in, in the instances, um, so before I started my business, the things I started to notice yeah. was in the disability sector, which I found really surprising, was the way people were talking to me. So here I was, I was in my 20s when I started using uh, disability services. And yeah. these people were coming into my home and were talking to me like I was a complete idiot. So, oh my yeah. god! And so, right. so here I am, and I'm like, okay, so what the hell's going on here? Why are these people talking to me this way? I don't understand. And so, I thought I had an attitude problem, but then I—that's I, I, <laughs> I honestly thought. I thought, okay, well, maybe it's just me. Oh my yeah. god! And then so I started to see it a bit more. So that's so that's when my, my business sort of started. Uh, in the back of my, my mind, that's when I was like, okay, I'd like to do something around this. But that was way before I even got to the stage of starting my business. <clears throat> that was in my 20s. I'm in my 40s now. So, right. uh, but, yeah, so basically so what I do is I um, I, I help businesses. Uh, like, uh, let me try. Okay, so what I do is I <laughs> – <laughs> It's okay. Sorry, I'll put you on the spot. And it's, so. and it's like and it's 10 a.m. in the morning and I've just had a coffee, so I'm waiting for it to kick in. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, basically – so what I do is I, I uh, canvas consumers and ask them yep. what are the things that would make their experience more inclusive and easier. So it's really about when you when – you, Break it down. It's really about the consumer having the experience of being able to go somewhere, able to access a service, access a business without even having to ask for help. That's really all it is. Like, and not yes, having to raise that, well, anything. Well, that's like, well put. 
you know, just being able to do things and not having to think about it, like go, 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 oh, I wish that hadn't happened again, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah, like when they hold events in town halls and the only way you can get in is up the steps and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so if you hold a disability conference and you don't have ramps up to the stage, for example. Yeah, like, duh. All yeah. right, so I get that. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about why you set it up. Did did something happen that tipped you over the edge and you went, right, that's it, I'm going to go and start consulting to businesses? Mm-hmm. Or, or, yeah, was there some specific thing that happened? Uh, so it was a bit of a – so I, I spent 20 years working in the public service uh, right. and then I had a nervous breakdown as a result of bullying in the workplace. Uh, so sorry, I'm shaking my head <laughs> for anyone who's listening and rolling my eyes and going, "Oh my god, bullying in the workplace!" I'm so overhearing stories oh, about it. It's awful. It's amazing how rampant it is. It's just yeah, and like just it's in so many work, workplaces as well that you wouldn't even think would happen. But no, yeah, so that's ridiculous. So I started so. So after that happened, um, I did yeah. try to find another job, and I decided through that process uh, that I couldn't actually uh, imagine myself working for somebody else ever again. And then I was in the... Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it's scary, but I love hearing stories like yeah. this. Uh, you're taking your life back into your own hands, basically. Yeah, exactly. And I'd also, um, I'd also completed my um, honours degree in anthropology. So at that... Wow. Yeah, so at the time I was looking for jobs as an anthropologist. However, having... Uh, but like being, uh, yeah, having a disability, um, and there was no jobs locally, so that would mean that I'd have to travel to Melbourne for the, for, for a job, and I didn't want to right. didn't want to do that. So I decided uh, I was in the gym one day, and a friend said to me, "Well, you know, what would you what what's the ideal job that you'd like to do?" And I said, "I'd like to use my degree to help other people," and. Oh, that yeah. sort of when it all came together, like that thinking about the back when I was talking about the issues with the disability services, it kind of came in together. It's like, okay, so I've got my degree, I want to help people. And it's like, wow, there we go, like helping people with disabilities by improving services and improving, uh, you know, the customer outcomes. So yeah. it kind of all just sort of gelled in together. And, from, and that then basically in 2019, uh, that's when I launched my business. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm absolutely delighted you did. And I have to say, Lisa Cox is also a part of She's the mm. Boss and she's in a wheelchair and she really opened my eyes. I had no idea, and I bet loads of people listening don't know, that 20% of the population identify as disabled mm. and yet we feel like it, it. we act like it's 1%. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like we act like it's half a percent. Yeah. It, there's just hardly any visibility anywhere. Well, that's so exactly. I mean, the, there's invisible disabilities as well so that's yeah yeah that's right yeah so it's terrible all right so now we're going to go back and hear the Ainsley Hooper story so and by the way for anyone who is listening Ainsley is in Geelong which is about an hour out of Melbourne so when she was talking about having to travel to Melbourne it wasn't just going outside the door and and doing a small little trip so um, okay so where do we start can you tell me where you grew up what size family you grew up in what did your parents do that kind of thing so I grew up in in Geelong so I've been in Geelong born and bred Um, and so I'm the youngest of 
I've got a brother and a sister. Uh, so yeah, youngest oh, child, and uh, my parents. My father was a mechanic at, at Ford. Um, okay, mechanic. As in half of Geelong were, I think, Pretty in those days, or yeah. Holden. And yeah, my mother also uh, worked at a bakery. Amazing. So, talk to me a little bit about school. Did you like school? Um, were you good at school? Um, so, with school, uh, I I do remember that I was always good at storytelling. Um, so apparently, ah. yeah, so that that side of things I was always good at. So did that translate <laughs> to being good at English as a no, subject? No, I did not like English at all. <laughs> and, and this is uh, really strange. Like I'm doing my PhD now and ridi- the ridiculous part is <laughs> that I still cannot tell you what an adjective a noun or a verb is like I know how to structure sentences, but like actually yeah. those little things like you know that you learnt during English, I really didn't. Yeah, it never sunk in. I was more about wanting to read books, read like you know, English literature. That that kind of thing was more, more my thing. So yeah, at school I didn't do very well. Was pretty disengaged with it all. What well, was it a mainstream? Did you go to a mainstream yeah, school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so were there? What was there? Very much disability access at your school? Yes. Yeah, so, um, yes, there were. There were. Uh, there was. Um, it was actually. It's interesting. Good. The primary school that I went to. Um, <laughs> um, just so I think a few years before me, there was a, a, another person, um, another wheelchair user, and yeah. I remember hearing stories about. How the now yeah the principal uh, at that time yeah wouldn't wasn't uh, very happy with the, that student going to the school so and at the oh my god yeah, so uh, and this is back, so this was back in the eighties so uh, back yeah. in yeah so basically that student their mother had to go down to the school and move them from class to class because the Principal. Ah, stop it. No. no. Yeah, so there was no, like, AIDS or anything oh like that. God. So that was basically, you know, if you want your child to come to this school, you're going to have to do that. We're not going to help. So. <clears throat> Did your mother, was that the same for you uh, by the time you got there? When I was, when I went to school, uh, <laughs> there, were, there was more acceptance. However, um, my grade five teacher knew straight out they didn't want me in their class. Like, they they hated me and I hated them. Um, and I remember grade six, uh, the teacher who was lovely, lovely, he came up to me at the, at the end of the year and actually said to me and to yeah. my mother, he goes, at the very start of the year, I did not want you in my class, but that's totally changed. You've changed, to- totally changed my mind. He didn't want a disabled person in his classroom. Uh, yeah, so in the 80s it was still very... Yes, yeah. but what a great thing for the teacher to say yeah. at the end of the year yeah. that you've managed to completely turn them around. Yeah, but I mean, but when I th- it was interesting when I thought about it. So I've just recently written a chapter for a book that's coming out in December, and uh, talking uh, talking about my childhood, etc. And it's interesting how. Yeah. So I'm uh, I started my business when I was uh, yeah, so about forty. 2019, so like 40, 40, 41. Of years ago. Yeah, so 41. Yeah. And 
obviously, I said, as I said, I've been in the public service for 20 years. And so. Yes, I want to hear that story in a minute. Yeah. So, <laughs> and when I think about it, like there's all, all these different things that, um, that have happened over the years. Like, for example, when I was in primary school, and this is something I talk about in the book, uh, when I was in primary school, people, even though like people were accepting, uh, yeah. they still had an idea of what you were going to be doing for the rest of your life. So it wasn't about what do you want to do. It's okay, so this is what we've, we've got, you know, that this is what your path is. Your path is laid out be. for you. Yeah, yeah, because they couldn't. <laughs> well, they got that wrong, didn't they? because they? Yeah, they couldn't see outside <laughs> of the box because that's what society yeah. was like. You know, so I remember like uh, when we had a bike on, for example, I couldn't ride a bike. So um, I went off into a room and learned how to touch type. And obviously back right. then I didn't think anything of it. But so there was that. And then when I was in high school, and this is even interesting as well. Like when I was in high school, we had to choose subjects for our electives for year 11 and yeah. 12. And yeah. at the time I wanted to do photography. And this is another thing I've spoken about before. But, um, yeah, I wanted to do photography. And basically the year 12 coordinator said to me, no, you, 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 if, you, if you choose that subject, then you're not going to get any assistance to do that subject because you should be doing a subject. To, that's geared towards what you're going to be doing. Oh at, at my a god! Did, tell me you did photography <laughs> no, I anyway? Did, okay, did you? Because I was, uh, I was conditioned too young. I was conditioned yeah. to think that everyone else obviously knew, knew better than I did. So I was like, okay. Um, so I, yeah, basically, I gave that up, and and then like this is where I wasn't engaged in school. I mean, I really loved media studies and I really loved. Yep. Same. English. I did it for my degree. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and English literature. So those are the two things I really loved. Everything else I didn't do well at, I sucked at. And, you know, but the, everyone's like, that's what's going to get you a job. So by right. the end of year 12, I had I got second of this TR uh, in year twelve, so that was my wow. Yeah, <laughs> and so I ended up. At, <laughs> I love that. So the teachers just had to eat it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just kind of like yeah. I, and I, I mean, at the time I was just like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's expected because no one has expected any higher of me. So, um, so then there was that. So then from there on, I ended up going to TAFE. Uh, and did in funnily enough, I did. Well, well, let's go. Let's go back a little bit first. Yeah. So you went from primary school. You went to another local high school, yeah. where it sounds like the teachers and the school wasn't really set up for disability access either. Oh, look, I mean, the, the access, yes, but it wasn't about just the attitudes. It wasn't about in, yeah, it wasn't about inclusion. Like inclusion right. is really just sort of something that's only really come about. I'd say in the last. For me, I feel like inclusion's really only come about in like the last ten years. Like it's wow, yeah. isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. What a what a shit way for you to have to start off yeah, anyway. Yeah. Not fair. So, okay, so you went through high school. Was high school okay? Like, I mean, other than the fact that you only had your two favourite subjects, I, did you have a group of friends? Were there people there supporting you? Uh, yeah, but there was a lot of bullying going on at school, um, so didn't really enjoy it. 
Uh, there was a uh, yeah. I mean, there was a, like there was a group of friends that like you know that I hung out with like in like in late later years. But yeah, it was basically that the bullying kind of outweighed all that kind of stuff. So oh, I'm did, so sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah. So when I think about high school, like I remember. Um, the the what was the twentieth year anniversary like the twentieth um re- oh yeah 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 the school reunion yeah that, that had ha- that was so that happened in two thousand and no hold on two thousand fifteen yeah and yeah so I was going through my nervous breakdown sort of stage around like when I think about it, the nervous breakdown went on for so bloody long <laughs> um, so, you know. well you had you had a lot on your <laughs> yeah. plate so we'll talk about that in a minute you can yeah, tell everyone what. so um. Yeah, so basically, um, yeah, so the the reunion rocked up. I and I was gonna go because I wanted to go because I wanted to see that people had changed. Um, yes. But then, like I, the day rocked up, and I just like I was like, vomiting and like anxious and everything. So yeah. my friend from high school, like one of my friends from high school, who I've actually known since primary school, she said to me. She said it's not it's not worth it. She said no. you don't owe these people anything, so just don't worry about it. And yeah, so I think like if I went if the next one came around, maybe I'd be in a better place to go. But yeah, that one it was more about wanting to see that people had changed and weren't as much of a jerk as they were back in you know, back in school. Which 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 is always nice to do at a reunion, but you'll be surprised about some people just don't change at all. Yeah. And you just think, how have you survived through life when you've been so horrible the whole way through? Yeah. All right, so so you finished high school mm. and what happened then? You said you went off to TAFE. What did you go to TAFE to study? Yeah, so I, as I said, I got the second lowest TAR, so the only <laughs> the funny thing was uh, the only option for me to get uh, to do was to do information technology at TAFE. Um, right. So, yeah, went and did that. And I sucked at that too. I mean, there were some parts of it that was good, um, but I didn't. I didn't uh, pass that course. The, um, the there was one one pro. Well, it's not where you, it's not where your real love is. If no. your love is reading and writing, yeah. then calling it doing IT. I love be like yeah, like yeah. I love web. I do love web design that kind of stuff. Yes. I'm good at that part of it, but there was a lot of programming language that I just wasn't. And I remember yeah. like there was one one subject, and the teacher basically said to me, he "Goes." Because I'd failed the exam, so I was going to reset it again. And he just basically right. said to me, and we both agreed, he goes, you're not going to pass this, so don't worry about it. And so right. we just like we just left it that. And so I just left I just, yeah, didn't bother finishing it. Um, and so from there I was like, okay, so I, was, I think I was 19 at the time. Yeah, 19. Uh, so then I decided... As I said, Were you upset at that stage? I mean, having had such a terrible experience uh, through I, school it, and then at TAFE, was, or were you just used to it by that I was stage? Used to it. I, I, that was what I expected. Just I expected that I was just going to fail at everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I, um, at that time, I then decided, like as I said, I was good at web design and enjoyed that stuff. So I decided to pick up a certificate to in multimedia. Right. Uh, so that was a six-month course and – yeah, that, that one I actually was really good at, so I finished that. And from that point, <laughs> this is where the, um, the, the, ne- the next stage starts. The hideous job comes, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I decided, okay, well, I've finished with that um, and now I'm old enough, I better find a job. So I decided to, jo- to join up with a disability influencers provider 
thinking that would be the okay. best thing to do, having a disability. And yeah. <laughs> I, I rock up to this place <laughs> and I say to this guy, okay, so here's my resume. I've just finished this course and I want to get a job in web design. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the guy sits across from me and he goes to me, you need to take a good hard look at yourself and realise what you can actually do. Those were his words. Oh, my God. I cannot believe he said that to <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, so here I am again, just like, okay, fine, just crushed and. Yeah, just walls coming up everywhere yeah. and people trying to beat you down <laughs> everywhere. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, great. So this guy. Can, just say, can I just say you are the best example of getting back on the, the wall <laughs> doing your PhD now? Oh, it took me like, <laughs> yeah, what, 20 years? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, it does. Okay, so this guy has said, you know, take a good hard look at yourself. What are you going to be able to do? What did you do then? I was like, okay. So I just shut up and, and, and then he goes, uh, he goes, um, okay, so the, uh, now I think at the next interview he goes, okay, I've organised an interf- interview for you at a, and I didn't know anything about the public service or anything at the time. Yeah. He goes, I've organised a job for you in a call centre. Um, I know, sorry, interview for you uh, for a call centre. I was like, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> then he goes to me, so we're going to go for the interview. I'm going to speak. You're not going to say a word. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Ainsley. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so we went along and he said, you're only to, like, at the end, he goes, I'll do all the talking and you just tell me. Uh, you just say that you've understood everything at the end. So, yeah, went along to this interview um, and just sat there whilst, you know, he's talking to to the managers and in the end it's like. That's just bizarre. Oh, Did they not want to talk to you? Oh, it's ridiculous. It's like I think I'm quite um, <laughs> okay to talk, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what was that, that person was thinking. So yeah, I went along to this interview, and you know, in the end, they're like, "Does that sound good?" I'm like, "Yep, yeah, no, that sounds good." And yes, yeah, so I started that um, job in a call center, and effectively. Yeah. So who were you calling, or what was what was the job? What was that part of public service? Oh, that was at, at, at the Centrelink. Oh God! So yeah, so, I was in, uh, so I was essentially for twenty years. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, pretty uninspiring lot from my experience of walking into yeah. any Centrelink office. Yeah. It's like, so so mm. can you tell me some stories of what twenty years there was like? I mean, talk me through. I don't know some of the highlights and some of the lowlights. Um. <laughs> oh, let's see. Lots of um. Made some good friends. Yeah, made some nice friends there. Uh, I was basically, yeah, on the phones every day. So it was, um, yeah, I wouldn't say there was any highlights of of the job at all, really. Oh, my God. How awful. For 20 years of your life you do this job that is just the pits. And you did mention earlier that there was some bullying going on there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what was going on? No, no, I can't really talk about that. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. All right, so you left there in 2019, is that right? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and... and, uh, and you had a nervous breakdown at that time. Did you leave because you were starting to feel burnt out or? I was, uh, I left because I had the nervous breakdown. Um, they don't have any 
mental health uh, leave at that at that place. What? No. Nope. Oh my god! So, Government department. Yeah. So I had my ch- I had two weeks off. That was a, the amount of leave that I could take. Went back there. Yeah, it didn't improve. And in the end, my uh, shrink said to me that you need to leave that place because you're going to die. Yeah. And with that, that's yeah, it's when toxic. it was like I, I couldn't give myself, even though I knew like I like, was going downhill, I couldn't give myself permission to leave because I'd always lived my life having people telling me what I was going to be doing. What to do? Yeah, so I was like, I didn't. Well, know. thank goodness he gave you that permission. <laughs> yeah, so in some ways. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, yeah, handed. Just letter. tell me how, how how good was that day when you just went in and went and take your job and shove it. <laughs> oh, what I, yeah, I didn't. So what I basically did. Um, yeah. Now let me think. Yeah, yeah. So I basically, I, I she, yeah. So my shrink said to me. Uh, yeah, you need to get out of that job. So she said to me, "Take twelve months, uh, twelve months leave." Uh, so yeah. that's what I did. And then after that, that's when I resigned. So I remember, like uh, the, the day I resigned, it was the day before I launched my business. <laughs> I rang up and I said, oh, "Actually, no, I sent an email and I said, yeah. and I just basically said, you know, I'm leaving." And after 20 years, I get a phone call saying, oh, that's fantastic and good luck. <laughs> and that's it? Mm-hmm. That was it. Wow. Yeah. That's been wow, it. wow, wow. Well, best thing that you ever did anyway was get out of that place, oh, that's it for sure. It's really funny because there was people who see me now that I used to work with. Yeah. And they don't actually – they can't sort of – see that I'm the same person because I actually talk now, whereas back then I'd go I'd go to work, I would um, go to my desk, answer the phone calls, leave. I just wasn't engaging, yeah. No, well, I, with good reason by the sounds <laughs> yeah. of things. Okay, and then you set up your own business, which is amazing, yeah. and I'm so pleased to hear that. Yeah. Now, because this podcast is about women yeah. and women in business, mm-hmm. one of the things that I like to ask, because I think there's a lot of women that help people mm. um, that that we don't really hear about, and it may be that there's no one, I don't know, but one of the questions I like to ask is, have there been any women mm-hmm. that have helped you in your career? And if so, do you want to tell us how they've helped you? So I would probably say, like, um in regards to like career, um, it's probably more along the way of make, of encouraging me to realize that I've you know that I've got some kind of potential. <laughs> um, like so, yeah, in, right. high, in high school, uh, and I'm still friends with them. Um, my media studies teacher, um, yeah. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, like she, do, do you want to name them? Sometimes I think it's nice to give them a name. Doesn't yeah, matter if yeah, you'd rather no, not. So but Sue MacArthur, and yeah, she was Sue MacArthur. Yeah, good on so her. So she was my media studies teacher, and yeah, was, as I said, we, we've remained friends, and yeah, so she's great. And then yes, um, oh, that's fabulous. when I started my um, my anthropology degree. Well. Let, let's talk about that. Um, I start yeah. when I so in my twenties. Um, yeah, so there was a period of time in my twenties. So I have I, I suffer from, from migraines, and when I was in my twenties, right. that's when they started, and I was getting migraines um, several times a day, every day of the week, and they were, oh. 
and just to, and I'm currently in this spiral at the moment as again, but. Uh, with the migraines, they were making me vomit like just spontaneously, like the exorcist. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, but yeah, so basically, I ended up in a hospital, uh, and my neurologist said to me that until we figure out what's going on with your migraines, you have to remain flat on your back. So for me, with, with oh, my disability, God. I have no feeling from the waist down. So uh, right. and laying flat on my back, um, which went on for three months, I did unknowingly develop a pressure sore on my backside. So ow, yeah. So that ended up being three months in hospital from migraines to a year in hospital to fix the pressure sore which was due to negligence in the hospital because they didn't check skin integrity. So during that time, yeah, so during that time I was watching daytime TV and going from side to side, uh, like laying in the bed, going from side to side. So that was. Oh, yes, of course, they're moving you around to, yep, yep. Yeah, so with that I felt my brain, I was like, yeah, petrified that my brain was turning to mush watching, you know, just right. being in the same room. Anyway, so... <laughs> that so, rubbish. Someone said, yeah, and someone said to me, um, what, like a friend at work said to me, why don't you, um, do, like, pick up, like, some study or something? Like, why don't, why don't you pick up some uni? And I'm like, what? I said, I got second lowest TR. Why the hell would I get into uni? And then they're like, well, because you're older. And then I was like, oh, okay, so I'm a mature age. So yes, I was like, okay. So I thought, okay, well, I did like philosophy. Well, I've always liked philosophy. So I thought, oh, you know, I can pick, I, I, I pick yeah. up a Bachelor of Arts, started studying philosophy. And yeah. then at the end of the six units when I realised that I, this was after I got out of hospital and I just realised that I actually enjoyed it and I needed to pick up 18 other units to make up the degree. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I looked at the unit I can guide. Do that. Yeah, I thought, oh, I'll look at the unit guide, and so I just came across one of these um, anthropology classes, and I read the description. I was like, oh, that sounds like like all those documentaries that I used to love that I love watching. So I was like, oh, I'm just right. going to pick that up and see, you know. So I remember, and at this time, I was studying off. I've always studied off campus, so the lectures are by audio. And so here yep. I am, first subject, listening to this lecture, and five minutes in, like, oh, my, oh my God, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I just, so I picked up all the, like, the anthropology subjects. And then, like, I, and I just wanted to study that for the rest of my life. And then um, it got, got to, and the funny part about this was, like, I, was get, like you know in the philosophy stuff I was getting like you know credits and that when I started picking up anthropology I was getting distinctions and high high distinctions yeah, and I'm like, oh my god I, oh my I've god actually, you know, like here I am going from the lowest t second lowest tr to this I'm like hang on I've actually got a brain and then and, and a really good <laughs> brain and I just love it that 
um, you found it that you know that you found study yeah. and and it's just such a great it's such a great story for any of the women or girls listening yeah. who didn't do well at school yeah. to know it doesn't matter it's not going to stop you exactly yeah and the, and then and I guess the the thing that really got me for like from the undergrad was one of my subjects um we were right there was a book that we were reading about the um. Bedouin women of Yemen, and so that was about yeah. uh, how they, in this particular book, it was about how they complain about their about the, the men in their lives, but they don't do it by talking because you know, that's taboo. You can't discuss it. So the way right. they get around it is by singing about it, and and it was so it was this beautiful ethnography about all that kind of stuff and. Yeah, so writing one of the essays uh, for that the essay came back, and like I remember, like one of the, the marks in it, like the, the notes, and it's just like this is how an anthropologist writes, and I was like, oh wow, and, and they said, and then they said you, know, you should be, you should definitely be going on. I was like, oh, on to honors, and I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, I'm so thrilled. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, so obviously, yes, yeah, so I've done. I did my honors when did my honors degree, and yet then now obviously do my PhD. So th- that lecturer, um, who actually is my supervisor now, Tanya King, like that's it. she's another person that's encouraged me along the way. Another yeah. fantastic yeah. one. Can I ask what topic you're going to do? What topic are you doing for your PhD, or don't you know oh, yet? No, no. Yeah, I'm doing COVID. So I'm doing. Um, <clears throat> disability and COVID nineteen. So what I'm focusing on? Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's been interesting. So what, what I'm focusing on is the disability identity in COVID nineteen and how the disability identity is something that's waxing and waning throughout the process. Like for example, at the start of COVID, uh, it was all about like the community was all about now what can we do for our vulnerable people, people with disabilities, yes. etc. And as we've gone on, so that was 2020, <clears throat> and then as we've gone on, society has changed and, and you know, it's everyone's frustrated with lockdowns and whatever, but it's more about the vulnerable people have unfortunately been forgotten about and it's all about, mm-hmm. you know, our freedoms have been taken away except, but, and, but people, and people aren't thinking about the freedoms of the of other people. people, yeah. For example, that's right. Like um, d- down in Geelong, just re- just today, uh, there's been a confirmed case at the local Aboriginal co-op, and I mean in New South Wales and um, in Wilcania, like that's been a hugely um, affected area. Yeah. So these are the people that, yeah, that are, are being forgotten about in the process, and even in the the vaccine rollout, that's been hugely scary to think about how many people have been forgotten about in that process. Yeah, I absolutely hope that um, it will be addressed Mm. as we go forward because it's just not fair at Mm. all. In fact, the whole bloody thing has just been a fiasco. Yeah, and I mean, um... it's it's ridiculous (laughs) that these things have to come out, like with royal commissions and that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, that's the way it's always been in society. Things come out through these. I know, but we know that the way that things have been working have been broken for so long. So it's just stupid that it keeps going. But anyway. It's people like us and, and and the other people that are coming out of COVID going, you know what, we need to see change and we're not going to sit and wait for someone to do yeah. it. We're going to get on and do it. And look at what you're mm. doing, which is great being vocal and being a spokesperson to let people know mm. 
that the most vulnerable in, in society need to be looked yeah. after and, are, you know, plainly aren't. Yeah. Now talk to me a little bit about um, work and play for you, Ainsley, mm-hmm. because one of the things that a lot of people talk about is burnout. You've already had a nervous breakdown in your life before. Mm-hmm. How do you juggle time out so that you're not working all the time? Do you have set times <laughs> like you do work nine to five mm-hmm. or yeah. tell me how it works, especially when it's a passion? Yeah, yeah. Which so makes I, it, yeah. Makes so it I work from fine. home. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, work and study from home. <laughs> so, and it's been, it's, it's like, yeah, my PhD and my work have kind of melded into each other because like, I guess like, it's, it's all about inclusion. But, well, that's, so that's right. And it's your life as yeah. well. So it's not just an abstract subject. Exactly right. Yeah. So um, for me, uh, that yeah, I work nine to five, uh, Monday, Monday okay. to Friday, uh, within, and then obviously, yeah, the studies in, uh, integrated into those hours, depending on what what, what workload is. Um, but right. yeah, so I basically I try to I try and keep a nine to five structure so that I've got those times outside of the nine to five to like right. switch off. Um, and yeah, so then I also do powerlifting as well. So. Yeah, I'm at the gym. Good God. Yeah. Hang on a minute. What do you mean? I was going to ask, is there a quirky fact, but it sounds like it's coming out now. What do you mean you do powerlifting? Yeah, so I, I um, do bench press. Uh, one of the things was when I had my nervous breakdown, um, my, my partner, he'd already started doing powerlifting. Um, so, right. And he was going to the gym and his his coach said to me said to him why doesn't Ainsley come to the gym and he said that to me and I'm like uh, I laughed I was like there's no way in hell I'm going to a gym I'm going to a gym and yeah so I ended up trying it out and I remember I remember going to the gym and Really lo- lo- loving bench press, but I'm oh well, no, just before I got into it, loving it, I remember like going to the gym and doing it, and then I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna go sit in the car until you're finished working out. And James was like, no, no, you're staying in the, staying in the gym. I'm like, no. So I, I went to the gym. Um, yeah. So but then, yeah. So I, I yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead. Can I ask how you actually do it? Is bench pressing the one where you lie on your back yes. and you have to do it over your head with your yeah. arms? Is that yeah. bloody yeah. hell? I mean, how how much can you lift? Because I, uh, so I, I remember doing it once at the gym and I picked up the bar yeah. with no weights on it and went, oh, oh I, rem- like, I remember those. I can hardly lift it. I remember those days, but my max is 32.5 kilos in comp. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! And you do competitive now yeah, as well. Yeah. So um, when lockdown, well, yeah. So when lockdown, staying and uh, screw it up. So competitions haven't happened in a long time uh, because of because no. like yeah. But are you still training? Yeah, Have you still so, kept up the training? Um, yeah, I've um, yeah. So I've just started back. So I earlier this year I actually broke my leg. So that took um like. Oh. like so from April six to, weeks, eight weeks. Oh God, no! Uh, April, I broke it in April, and I only just started going back to the gym. So it. So I've another fun fact. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so and that, this I did not know. Uh, so yeah. So I was born with a disability. And then I was told when I broke my leg at thirty-five, I was told, "Oh, 
you've got osteo, you, you've got genital con, congenital osteoporosis, which means you've got osteoporosis oh. from birth. And I'm Brittle like, bones. I didn't know that. And like the doctor just <laughs> this is another fun part about the whole thing is that doctors assume that you know everything about your disability. Uh, and it's like, no, no one's told me that before. So, so they don't tell you. They just assume no, you know. Yeah, so. Yeah, right. Yeah, so because I've got osteoporosis, leg break took a hell of a long time to heal. So right. It, but the, presumably the bench pressing is really good because it's weights on your bones yeah, that's supposed yeah, to be good, so, isn't it? Yeah, so, and that was another th- interesting thing because I um, just before it broke the leg, I thought I injured my shoulder, uh, but that was a long saga and it turned out not to be the case. But the guy, the, the, the surgeon who was looking after the shoulder, he was just like, oh, I don't want you to be lifting too heavy. <laughs> and then anyway, yeah. so he went back to my physio who's at the gym and he and we all know that, yeah, lifting heavy actually helps the bones. So it's just a matter of like, you know, being careful about it. But, yeah, so basically yeah. I was, I was – off the gym for about yeah five months, five or six months or something. It's been it's been eight months right. pretty much since I broke my leg and yeah things are just starting to return to normal. So yeah. Oh well, that's good. Okay, <laughs> now are there any more quirky facts that we don't know about you? This is the question I normally ask someone. <laughs> it's normally a fact that maybe not very many people would know, but that you're up for sharing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> bench pressing. Bench pressing is pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm you can claim that. that one. Like, yeah, I think with, with <laughs> I think with COVID, like the lockdowns, I've been doing yeah pretty much bugger all the last two years. So <laughs> that's probably yeah. the quickest thing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Fine. Now the the last question mm-hmm. is apropos of nothing. Um, just because I'm obsessed with my phone, and so I like to ask people if there's any apps that they use on their phone <laughs> that I mightn't have heard yeah. of. So have you got? Two, well, look, and it doesn't matter how many, but I normally ask for two businessy apps, yep. and it can't be it can't be email banking or any of those ones because I'm just assuming we all do that. Yeah. And then, do you have any games you play? Alrighty. So business apps. Um, yep. I my tre- Trello is probably my yes Trello. Yeah, Trello brilliant. is probably yep. the biggest one, and yeah, and the other one I use is um, the business. Suite, so like oh, the which is the G Suite business suite thing? Uh, is it? No, so the business suite Facebook. which is Facebook and Instagram. So I use that for double posting oh, okay. across those two. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. clever. Yeah. Right, and then what about fun? Do you play any games on your phone? Yeah, Candy Crush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were, yay! <laughs> I think there might only be three or four of us left in the whole of Australia oh, playing. Actually, it. there's a Candy Crush and. Candy Crush soda side. Soda, yeah. yeah, I never did. I never, I never went across to the soda oh, dark side. What I do, but I'm on the night time yeah, when I'm watching well. TV. I'll just um, switch between the two. So after I've you've finished the five lives in one, five I'll goes. switch over to the other one and then switch back. So it's like, yeah. I just do that between my phone and my iPad and then back to my phone and back oh. to my iPad. <laughs> it's so relaxing. <laughs> what level? I know. I don't mind no. it, actually. It's just so sort of mindless. But I, my sons are horrified. They just say, say to me, um, oh my God, you're, you know, Mum, we can't believe you play that game still. You're gonna ask, and I'm like, I'm up to level three thousand and something oh, now. Okay, let me have a look. So with Candy Crush, I'm at uh, level. Let's have a look here. 
I know, I'm going to look at mine yeah. now. Which, of course, is really interesting for everyone listening. But anyway, we'll just <laughs> share it with them. I'm up to... Oh, come on, it's loading. Uh, I'm pretty good, though. 2981. Oh, wow, I'm 1740. Oh, my God, a 1,000 behind me. You're way behind. Yeah, you need to put oh, some more hours in, honey. Uh, I laugh <laughs> when I think about it because um, I remember a friend of mine... Years ago, their husband goes, oh, I finished it. <laughs> no. I'm like, I don't know if you've actually, re- you know, because they keep adding levels. So I know. I, 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 I know. I remember. They, they actually realise that, hey, it's still going. Because <laughs> there would be, I mean, even when I'm looking at it, there's at least another two or 3,000 I can see just yeah. from where I'm yeah. at. All right. Now, last question, Ainsley, mm-hmm. is if anybody listening to this says, oh, my God, that woman is amazing, I want to get hold of her, mm-hmm. what's the best way for people to get in contact with you or find out more about what you're doing? All right. So I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can go to yep. ainsleyhooper.com.au or my link yep. tree. Um, and so my link tree. Is link tree. Yeah. Is it to Ainsley Hooper? Uh, link tree is A-H- Consulting. AH Consulting. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for sharing your story. What a great woman you are. And I th- and I love the fact that everyone had written you off at school and here you are doing your PhD. That is just sweet justice. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Thank you. So thank you very, very much for sharing and um, can't wait to let everyone hear this one. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.